Welcome. It is Victory Monday. Thanks for being with us on the Cowboys Hour. And we are in our new home for the rest of the season at Sidecar Social in the uh, Star District in Frisco. What a great place. You, you could not, there is literally nowhere you can turn without seeing big screens of multiple <laughs> sporting events. In fact, there's Troy Aikman's ugly mug up on that one, and I've seen quite enough of him. Um, and there are games, and the great bar, and the food is phenomenal, and from time to time, you might hear a thump in the background. That's not Christy kicking me off the stage much as she would like to, but there is a what do they call it? A papa shot? Yeah, papa shot. Yeah, there's a little basketball game right next to us, a papa shot. So if people are playing basketball, you'll you'll hear. If Christy was playing, you would hear swish. It would just be swish. Yeah, it would not be any knocking. Playing, it would just be the, the papa shot. Uh -huh. But you, c you can find us at Sidecar Social between the papa shot and the skee ball. Thank you. And the <laughs> skee ball. Thank you very much. And uh, tonight on Victory Monday. We are so happy to be joined by Cowboys receiver Michael Gallup. Thanks for coming. Yes, sir. I appreciate Thanks you for coming. We are very happy to have those of you who have uh, found us tonight uh, uh, in our first uh, outing here at Sidecar Social. We hope to see you all year long and, uh, and, and many more of you. And we're delighted to have you wherever you're listening on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. Thank you for joining us. And tonight we want to say hello to... Uh, especially uh, those who happen to be listening on Austin's new home for the Dallas Cowboys 102.7 ESPN and on ESPN Central Texas in Waco. And, of course, to those of you who are streaming us, whenever is your pleasure on DallasCowboys.com. Wave to the people, MG, those little boxes. There you go. Uh, so here we are on Victory Monday. And look at... I mean, it, there, there was only one non-victory Monday. You could not have forgotten Jeez, that. Jeez, you, you beat, you, you give Bill Belichick the worst defeat of his coaching of his career. Coaching and career. And How about that? Yeah, I think it How deserves a little more than that. Hey, Michael Gallup, here's a qu first question I have for you about that game. So, I know as a player, the game's not over till the game's over, right? But it felt like when you got the. Vander Esch touchdown. It, it felt like they didn't have enough to come back. And the next score, it just felt like, I, I don't know, I don't, they can try whatever they want, but I, did, did it feel that way to you? And does a game ever get boring when you're playing in it? <laughs> uh, I mean, when the defense is playing like that, you play offense, it does kind of get a little bit boring. They're scoring all the touchdowns. You're supposed to score the touchdowns, but – you know, I'm never going to take away from the defense. But, uh, yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit. You don't see the field for a while, and you're just like, I don't know what I'm doing out here. They can play the rest of the game. Did you play, <laughs> did you play baseball? I did. Yes, did, that, did you play outfield by any chance? Center field. So, now, center field, you've got to really be clued into everything. But if you got a big lead and the pitcher's working slow – before the clock, you could have that feeling standing in the outfield sometimes, couldn't oh, you? Oh, definitely. I mean, I could just sit crisscross applesauce, you know what I'm saying? Don't even matter. But, uh, yeah, that's, it felt like that. You know, going into halftime, you're just kind of like, you got to stay in it. Um, it's tough. But, you know, we up. Got to do it. I, I have the sense, I'm going to ask you to talk about your offense in general. Uh, I have the sense that you really, because of events 
have not had the opportunity to really get it on track yet. The weather was the way it was in New Jersey, and the scores of the first two games meant that Mike really didn't have to trot everything out there. Last week was something different. Yesterday was kind of like the first. So I have the feeling that we haven't really seen the offense yet. Am I am I on to something here at all? You're definitely on to something. Uh, it's been a little bit tricky for sure. Um, the first two games, like you said, we haven't really had to, you know, do a whole lot. But, uh, you know, last week wasn't the best week for us. Um, I mean, I could say this from, you know, a whole team standpoint. Uh, we all just didn't play up to our standards. And then, you know, yesterday when the defense plays like that, Mike doesn't really have to call a crazy game. You know, just go out there and handle, handle your business. Well, the, the, the fact that cornerback Jerron Bland has twice as many touchdowns as the Cowboy wide receiving core, no, no problem. more touchdowns than me, period. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I play offense. No, but they, they really have <laughs> done a great job of, uh, even with field position and things like that, yep. uh, setting you guys guys up and, and really setting the tone for the uh, first month of the season pretty much, haven't they? Oh, easily, easily. And, you know, i got to give a shout-out to, you know, Jerron Bland. He's a Mountain West guy. I'm a Mountain West guy, mm -hmm. so he, we're holding it down for the little schools out there. But, uh, nah, I mean, they're, they're really holding it down. We, we ain't got to do a whole lot. And it's just different. Like, you go out on the field, and it's like, we're already up, you know, two touchdowns, and we haven't even done anything. So The other thing is the offensive line has been in flux because of, of injuries. And so um, how does do changes injury-wise and personnel along the offensive line uh, affect how many touches or targets you might get in the, the pass game, does it? Oh, yeah, it definitely does. Uh, I mean, we'll call different things, you know, depending on who's on the offensive line because we know, I mean, there's going to be different matchups, you know, personnel that you got to get on. But um, if we ain't got the full roster, then, you know, the play calling just gets it's a little bit different. The ball's got to get out quicker or we're just running the ball, you know, outside zones and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a big change, definitely. So, so Christy mentioned uh, – CD's touchdown yesterday was the first one by a wide receiver. And I I know everybody wants to score a touchdown all the time. I, I'm really kind of uh, interested in that conversation. I wonder how much you guys talk about it. As much as every one of you wants to have a touchdown all the time, if you're scoring touchdowns and winning games, what difference does it make? It really don't. I mean, if we're winning the game, like, I, you know, I've said it before, like, if we're winning – Cause you know I didn't have that too many touches you know the first two weeks of the season so it's like we're winning like it really don't matter like somebody somebody's eating if we if we're winning you know if, if I'm gonna eat my whole team gonna eat and that's what I say you know to everybody else and that's how I feel like it should go. Well, I do want to talk about a way that you have found to make contributions when the ball's not coming your way. Now you know obviously I've seen every snap of your career uh, and. and and, and like all young players, you've improved. But your blocking's been exceptional this year. I mean, you are making a serious contribution, whether it's in extending pass plays or in the running game downfield. And maybe you've been the same blocker your whole career, but I don't remember noticing it so much. Where, where, How would you rate yourself as a blocker? Are you better than you were before? Uh, I wouldn't even say that I was just better. Uh, I would just say that you haven't actually seen it because uh, okay. I actually have a plaque at my house my very uh, my first year, uh, my coach he actually got me a plaque. I had four pancake blocks in one game, so he got me a whole plaque for that. So I've always been a pretty good blocker, and like 
like you said, I mean, CD needs to touch the ball regardless. So if we get him on a little screen, I'm, I'm the dude who's blocking. So I'm here for it. Uh, I mean, do, do you like those screens, those hitches, those – They, I mean, well, you – a if you got maybe a more than one man screen, I hate to see you out there blocking all by yourself, or or those plays where Tolbert had one yesterday and CDs had a couple. You've had a couple make one man miss. That's a challenging play for a receiver, though, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, but that's just to get you know a playmaker the ball like as fast as possible. Uh, especially playing wideout, you can't just hand it to him. Um, but I'm I'm here for the screens. Like I like them. Like. And I know that likes it. That's an easy completion, good, you know, seven, eight yards. Like, we'll take that. Would you rather catch it or be the guy out in front? Uh, it just depends. <laughs> it just depends. Because if somebody in front of me is blocking, you know, if they don't make that block, you might get lit up. So. Yeah, well, my little uh, note sheet that I take on the sideline, uh, big circle right here. So Cooks had the catch for 13, and then uh, Lamb on the fly sweep. And then Michael gets the big circle here for a good block. But one of the things that we're talking about um, getting the ball out in space to you guys and talk about being a playmaker. And that was one of the big things uh, coming into the season, questions media-wise and fan-wise about how things are different with Mike McCarthy calling the, the offense. So is, is that the big change? And, and how well-suited is it for your particular skill set? Uh, yeah, he's definitely just trying to spread the ball out, though. Like, because, I mean, if we get them out there in space, like, we're just trying to spread the defense out. And then, you know, TP's going to, you know, run it right up the gash regardless. But that's, uh, I mean, I think we all have a different skill set. Uh, you know, Cooks, CD, me, we're all three different wide receivers regardless. And spreading it out like that, it's, it's going to make some it's going to make some defense coordinators, you know, think about what they need to do. And we haven't really seen uh, – the fans have not seen on the field in the first four games, and Brandon missed one, but uh, what we saw in training camp from a media standpoint or the people who were out uh, in Oxnard to see him, I just feel like when he's going to be unleashed and just his speed. But Mike McCarthy today was talking in the press conference about even though it's not showing up on the stat sheet, that mainly because of his speed that it's still reflecting in what you guys are doing offensively. Can you just talk about how – Brandon in particular, it, you know, the numbers aren't there, but still such a huge contribution. Definitely. I mean, just the way that you were talking about me, uh, you know, not touching the ball the first two games. I mean, I was still out there. I was still blocking. I was still, you know, doing what I was supposed to. But Cooks, like, j he's just a factor lining up out wide. Folks think he's going to go deep regardless. So you got to play him a little bit differently. And that's really what, you know, Coach McCarthy's talking about. It's like, I mean, that's a threat. Regardless, I mean, if he blows out the top of the coverage and CD comes right up under him, I mean, that's a win. That's an assist. And we talk about that in the wide receiver room all the time. That's an assist play. So the, the interesting thing to me about watching your uh, game develop, first of all, has been your resilience. You've had you've fought injuries since you were in college. Um, was there something – the last one was obviously a big one. And you could tell last year you were doing the best you could and you just weren't Michael Gallup at, at, at any time. When did you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm me again? I would definitely say uh, right before we left for training camp. This year? Uh, this year, yeah. Um, I mean, last year I went out there and it was, you know, I was out there, but nah, I, I, I didn't feel all right at all, to be honest. And I felt bad even being out there, but, like, at the same time, it's like you want to play, you want to get out there, you're, you're hoping that it gets even better. Uh, it just didn't for me. 
Um, so this year, it was definitely right before we uh, went out to training camp. Like, I just felt good. So some of the things we've seen from you in your repertoire, your route repertoire, and again, as Christy pointed out, it's a little different now because of the tweaks that have been made. I mean, you people got used to seeing you make those great toe-tip catches down the sideline. Uh, you're, you run a slant really well. You don't seem to have any compunctions about running into the middle there and catching the slant. Um, what do you think at this stage of your career you do best? Do best? Ooh. And what do you like doing most? What I like doing most is going down the field. I, I throw it up. What, throw just a nine up. route? Yes, just a straight go? Straight go? Is okay. it going to be a PI or I'm going to come down with the ball? Okay. Like, that's how I see it. That's how I picture it. We just haven't, you know, had to take too Hang many on, shots. I'm texting this to McCarthy. Yeah. Nine <laughs> routes, <laughs> go yeah, route. Yeah. yeah. Early and often against but San what do you think? What do you think you do best? Uh, I would definitely say a four route. Shin route, any in-breaking routes, like you said, the slants, but like just a little bit deeper. Um, I enjoy those. And also, if I do get a seven route, you know, toe tap, like you said, but that, that's natural. That's natural. All right. So much more to go into with uh, Cowboys receiver Michael Gallup. It's great to see the smile on your face again. Yes, it really is. You've worked hard and you've, and you've earned it. We are at Sidecar Social in the Star District in Frisco. And we'll be right back on the Cowboys Hour. Go Cowboys!
to the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons. When it comes time to shop for tailgate favorites, go to Albertsons and Tom Thumb. Get 10% off your groceries every Dallas Cowboys game day when you wear your Cowboys jersey. Hopefully your Michael Gallup number 13 Cowboys jersey. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. Did you pick 13? I did. You did? I did, did you wear it in college, high I school? I actually wore number four. I actually wore number four in college. And in high school? In high school, I wore number three. And why did you pick 13? Because I didn't want an 80s number. That's all I had just left too, when we got to the Cowboys. Just too big. Yeah, didn't want it. So you're not superstitious? No, not at all. Okay, very good. <laughs> uh, all right, I, I got one more question about the offense in general, and then a look ahead. Um, are you, As an offensive group and or a wide receiver group, we talked about the fact that the off we haven't really seen the offense yet. And and it's early. It's so early. And the other side of the coin is that we're a quarter of the way into the season. Do you guys talk amongst yourselves about, now it's time to get the offense out here on the street. Let's go. I mean, as a wide receiver group, we have different conversations than we do, you know, as a whole offense. So um, for us, yeah, we. I mean, we're trying to go. But, you know, when you talk as a group, like, it goes back to, like, you know, we're doing what we're supposed to do. We're getting down the red zone. We're getting points. But we just got to – there's a whole lot to talk about. Right there. Yeah, so <laughs> I, you're a little impatient as a group. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. okay. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Can you channel that into something good? I would definitely say it's a good thing. We're eager. We want to eat. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we're just leaving leaving a little, uh, little meat on the bone out there, to be honest. All right. Um Talk to me about next week. Next week. This is – it's one. We need that. We need this game. Uh, so we got to come into work this week, and it's just got to be full mindset. Like, we got to get the dub this week. It's mandatory. Okay, so I'm going to play devil's advocate with you. Yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say some stuff that uh, I don't necessarily agree with, uh -huh. but, but it's a line of conversation. Why do you need it? It's week five. Personally, we need it for us. We need it for us. We've been losing the 49ers for a while. <laughs> like, we just need it for us. Like, that's just it's, – we got to get it out of the way because we know we're going to see him down the road again regardless. But, nah, we need this win. So, so if, if you don't get it, mm -hmm. do you think that damages your confidence for the rest of the season? I wouldn't say for the rest of the season, but it's still just like, I mean – we don't lost to them too many times. Like you know, when we we need win, um, and that, that's all I can really say about that. Like we just need this win to keep it going. Like regardless. So it's not just another game. It's not. It's definitely not. Have you started looking at them yet? Yeah. Do they look different than last year's playoff games? Not at all. Because they, they have Not a different coordinator now. D'Amico Ryans, who had been their defensive coordinator, is now head coach of the Texans. Steve Wilkes takes over. So it, he hasn't, like, added some unique things or, or what you see is what you get basically there. Literally. I mean, to be honest, for the most – like, we just look at it from a player's standpoint. Like, the coaches, you know, they take all the analytics and do all that stuff. But, like, we've been seeing these players for a while. Like, it's just like we owe them one. That's, that's how we're seeing it. Okay. Just wanted everybody on the record as we as we get going into the week because is there do you think there's any danger of overhyping the game since it's week five out of seventeen? 
I wouldn't say that. I mean, you know, Colorado was getting overhyped. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> it, it really don't matter. It's like well, you might you might be yeah. a little sensitive yeah. about that one. Being from yeah. being a Colorado yeah. state, yeah, guy, right. There you go. Okay, yeah. there you go. little little rivalry there. But um, one of the things uh, in regards to week two, the game against the Jets, Robert Sala, their head coach, had been the coordinator before Ryan's there uh, in San Francisco. W or is, is there anything that you? take from that game in, in week two, any kind of carryover or things that look similar or familiar? I mean, to be honest, not really. Like, for me, like, when I watch film, like, it, any corner, like, the way I'm watching film, any corner, he's not going to play me the same way he plays CD. And that's how I watch film with, like, you know, different, you know, defensive coordinators and stuff like that. Like, they're not going to play us the same way they play anybody else. And that's just how it is. Um, so, nah, I don't really see, I don't really see too much. Yeah. I'd love for you to tell fans about how you study film and some of the things that you're particularly looking at at a cornerback. Like maybe, and don't have to give any names, obviously, or anything, but do they have little tells? What is it that you're specifically looking at when you're studying? Uh, to be honest, the, the only thing I look at is their first step. Their first step and which hand they jam with. You know, so if they're playing two, obviously they're always going to come out with an outside hand. They're going to jam it, and they're going to step inside. And if they're just straight up, man, I see which way they flow. And that just depends on if I make it move outside or if I go inside. That's the only thing I actually look at, like, when I'm studying film. Now, hold on just a second, because your head coach talks all the time about the most important film being the self-scout. Mm -hmm. uh, so what do you do to pay attention to yourself? If you are lying, if you're doing anything with hands or feet or – shoulders or body language to tip the route that you're running? Uh, I mean, that would just be mannerisms for us. Um, if I like, you know, if I'm over here, like I do this a lot, like I'll just be over here rubbing my gloves. And for the most part, that's how I know, like there's a pass coming. And so I really got to cut that out to be honest, because when they see that, they know it's coming up. But uh, other than that, I don't really do too much self-scout to be honest. Um, I, we, watch, we watch enough film, you know, right after we get done with practice for me to just be going and watching myself. So I go and watch, you know, the DBs we're going to play against. So did you did you realize that yourself, or did someone point it out to you? The glove Somebody rubber? pointed it out to yeah. me. Huh. So, so now if we see you doing that, you're probably trying – it's a deceptive, and you're, it's really going to be a run play. Reverse you're going to block. There you, yeah. Yeah. Okay. there you go. There you go. I like that. Very I good. like that. Yeah. Very good. So um, one of the things that uh, Mike talked about, Mike McCarthy today, in talking about San Francisco – that it's a vision defense. Can you explain what that means? So Dak's going to have to be super careful. Well, he has to be careful every time he drops back to pass, but eyes are going to be on him and, you know, re react to the ball. What does that mean for your passing game and you as a wide receiver when you're going against a vision defense like San Francisco? Uh, a vision defense for us, that just means that it's going to be a lot of check downs, to be honest, uh, straight zones. Um, Dak's just going to have to find his certain spots. Um, that's really, we just got to get to our spots because there's not going to be a lot, whole lot of man, anything like that. They're just going to be watching the QBs, but they're going to be moving as they do it. And so we just got to find the little spots, and he's going he's gonna to have to see them. So. How much difference did it make to you personally in terms of confidence and being able to relax to get the second contract? Well, I mean, it came off of me getting hurt. Coming off the injury, obviously, yeah. it showed you that they they 
believed in you. Definitely. But does it allow you to play? I mean, you're not hurt anymore. You're fine. So does it allow you to play more more relaxed with more confidence? Any of that? Uh, I mean, it's definitely free. Um, I, I get to play like that, but I, I feel like, I mean, you should be like that 24-7 regardless, even if you're not getting a contract. But still, for me, uh, when I was in that position, uh, definitely. After, you know, you're settled, you know you're going to be here for a little bit, so you can just lock in and do what you're supposed to do. Uh, and that's how I felt after I got my contract. Definitely, you know, very blessed, though. Yeah, but also it was during an injury. And so I just be like, wow, the, the Joneses, I mean, they, they like their money, you know? <laughs> and yet they still invested in you. And so they, they, have, a, they have a lot of it, by the they, way. They, they, they do have a lot of it, of but it. they like it. They don't, you know, they're not going to give it to someone who they know is not going to be diligent and work hard in the, the rehab and, and that whole process. So just from a that standpoint, the psychological standpoint of it, what what was that part of their, you know, their show of faith in you? Oh, I mean, that was that was definitely a big blessing because I'm, you know, I'm over here sitting on the training bed and they're like, we're talking about deals with, you know, MG, and I'm just like, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just trying to get back healthy so I could get back on the field. But uh, nah, for them to have that much faith in me, uh, appreciate what I've been doing, you know, the last five years, um, that that goes a long way. And uh, for them to be able to do that, like, I want to come out here and give it my all every time I go on the field. So I appreciate them for that, definitely. So um, the, the chemistry in the receiver room, it's important. Ever, if I talk to anybody in any position group on your team, they're going to tell me that the chemistry in there is good. Yours has, your room's changed since you got here. Cooper was here, and then he wasn't here. And then CD came in, and then Tolbert came in, and and now Jalen Brooks is here, and you went from a third-round pick that only scouts really knew anything about, or people in Colorado, to uh, an established player from whom things are expected. How, how does all that evolve? How does how have you guys been able to maintain the family feeling through all that? Uh, I would definitely say, like you know, as you get older, you gotta got to realize that you know the young guys that are coming in like you got to bring them along with you um my first year uh the person i had was you know alan hearns um he had been a vet uh came in took me up under his wing uh let me know the ins and outs of the league and you know i try to embody that you know every day that i'm in the locker room now you know for our young bull jalen brooks you know jt um because you know, it means something. They're, they're coming in. You know, if I do get hurt or somebody else gets hurt, somebody goes down, whatever, they got to step in and fill in. Um, so they got to make sure that they're, you know, part of it and they feel like they can be part of it. So that's probably the biggest thing right there. And they have the respect for, you know, all the vets in the room. Yeah, I'd, I'd love for you to take a moment to brag on JT, Jalen Tolbert. Uh, arguably his best day as a receiver, four targets, four catches, but then just – awesome on special teams just blowing him up as as a gunner boy what a, a a leap he has made in in year two what do you what do you see in the room and and how does it manifest itself on the field oh i would definitely say you know he's made a big big jump uh his first year um he was you know a little bit scattered he was all over the place he came from a small school like me so you know playing for the dallas cowboys is a whole different breed but um you know once he settled down um literally just leaped off the page like he, he he takes notes more than anybody 
everybody like he has he has literally two notebooks like he's already went through two notebooks already um he knows the ins and outs of this whole offense so he can go into any position play wherever and he also plays special teams he goes down on kickoff and on punt like and then he comes running back and he'll tell me he'll be like mg tired boss <laughs> 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 I'm just like, I mean, I hear you, bro, but you got to come back in here and get me if I run down the field. You know what I'm saying? So, but, uh, nah, he's, he's he's a great person to have in the locker room. Uh, everybody likes him. Everybody loves him. Uh, and he's doing what he's supposed to do. We appreciate him for it. Next time he tells you that he's tired, say, yeah, but you're 23. <laughs> you know, come on. you got plenty of energy left in there. Right. Uh, it's I think one of the most significant parts of the improvement of the team, of the offense, is just what you and he – have done how different you are. You're not the same players that you were last year. Yep. You're just not. And so that internal improvement, sometimes people don't measure it until they can see it, and you're showing it to them. Michael Gallup is our guest on the Cowboys Hour tonight. We are at Sidecar Social at the Star District in Frisco, and we'll be right back.
the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertson. The Cowboys Hour is also supported by Luke Casey, the official bootmaker of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. I'm Christy Scales alongside Brad Sham. We are at Sidecar Social in the Star District in Frisco, and our special guest tonight is Michael Gallup. And before we have our next question, yes, yeah, Victory Monday with Cowboy wide receiver Michael Gallup. And uh, one of the folks who came here, actually Jeff Farmer and his wife Michelle are here at Sidecar Social from Louisville, and they brought us this trading card. This is Babe Laufenberg, our colleague on Cowboys Radio, eight years in the NFL, but also his time as an Ohio Glory quarterback. And so this is the trading card that Jeff and Michelle have brought. So we're going to get this signed yes, we by are. Jeff and get it back. Yeah, we are. Those, those, so that's got to be hard Th to get. Thanks to everyone who came out tonight. And, Michael, I am, would love for you to share your story and that of your mom, Jenny. Some of you may not know that Michael, growing up in Georgia, one of eight children, six of them adopted, and basically it was like the United Nations with your family. Please tell us about what a unique and special childhood that you had and, and uh, your siblings. So um, I was adopted uh, down there in Georgia, like you said, but I got uh, a brother and sister from India. Um, I got two brothers and a sister from Africa and my two oldest siblings, um, my adopted parents had. So uh, it's really crazy like we can, we got folks from everywhere <laughs> to be what, honest what was that like that is that is so unique and special yeah uh, i would definitely say uh it taught me at a young age to respect everybody and uh where you come from you know how you handle yourself because um, they came from you know a whole lot whole lot of different places and it's just like it we always had something fun to do though so it was it was good for me and, and what motivated uh Jenny, your mom and dad, to, to do all that, to give you kids this unique uh, childhood and opportunity? Um, I mean, honestly, you know, to this day, my mom still, she, she still, you know, takes her little missionary trips over to um, Africa and everything. Um, she goes, like, every December, I would say. But, um, nah, she just, she just loves the little babies. Like, she just loves being over there. She loves helping. She loves giving. Um, and I appreciate her for that because, you know, I probably wouldn't be where I am today without her. Um, and it's just, it's always grown on me. It's always, you know, been something, you know, close to my heart. I always look at the mama. But, uh, yeah, I definitely appreciate her. Yeah, it's still very close. You were saying um, when we were in the, the break that uh, you, you actually talked to her earlier this afternoon. Yeah. Is that like a weekly? Well, hopefully you talk to her more than once a week. But she check in like after games or kind of like, you know, break down your film and let you know how you played and stuff like that? Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, she ain't going to break it down. You know, if I have one catch for six yards, she's still going to tell me that I had a great game. It was amazing. <laughs> you had one great catch, and it's just like, Mom, I'm not trying to hear that right now. But <laughs> uh, that's how she's always been. Does she watch them all? Oh, yeah, she watches every game. She watches every game. You know, she's not, you know, overseas or anything like that. She'll, yeah. check the, she'll get on Google and, like, check the box stats or whatever. But, uh Nah, she, she always, I always call her on Mondays. Uh, you know, Sundays, you know, phone be blowing up and stuff like that if you have a good game. But uh, I always call her on Mondays, check in. Where are you in the order, in the, in the child order? I'm the baby. You are the little I baby. I'm the baby. That's, no, I'm the youngest. <laughs> that's why she wants to talk to you every day. <laughs> yeah. Every day. 
do you know how old all of your siblings were when they were adopted? Were any of them like older when they came to her? Um, the oldest we had was probably Jonathan. He's, uh, he's from India. Um, he was six though. Everybody else was, you know, like two or three. I was actually, I was actually 10 months old when I was adopted. So it's really all I've known. So b before you went to Colorado State, you were at a, a college in Kansas. And so was that, was that tough, being <laughs> halfway across the country and then nearly all the way across the country? And, and maybe just how your journey of even how you got to Colorado State th via Kansas. Yeah, so uh, I went to junior college right out of high school. Um, I didn't have the SAT scores to get into uh, South Carolina, so I had to take the junior college route. I uh, went there for uh, two years. I got hurt my uh, second year when I was at junior college, so I didn't have any offers. Came back home. Uh, wasn't actually going to go play college or D1 anywhere. I uh, didn't have no offers. And then uh, Mike Bobo hit me up. He used to be the offensive coordinator at Georgia, so clearly he knew of me. And he was the head coach at Colorado State. And he was like, we thought you get picked up. And I didn't, so he was like, you got a you got an offer over here if you come out here. So it was basically from your high school tape that he knew you, recruiting you as a home state kid. Wow, that is how the, just the little things in life and just those kind of references and, and contacts. Well, how discouraging was it not to have more offers than that? Uh, I mean, you know, it was tough, but, you know, out of high school I had like, I had like 36 D1 offers, so I oh was. Oh, you did. I, I okay. knew I could play, but you know I just didn't have the uh, SAT scores to get in. When, when did you? When did you know you could play? At what point in your high school career? And when did you know that you wanted to take it as far as your talent and fortune would allow you? Uh, honestly, I didn't know I was going to be an NFL prospect until like the end of my junior year when I was in college. At Colorado State. Uh huh. I went for like 1,200 yards, and you know I was just chilling. All these agents are over here hitting me up, and they're like, "You can play in the league," and I was like, "All right, bet, just whatever." <laughs> just trying to go to school. Now, yeah. how did you pick an egg? Because that's cutthroat. That is some real cold business right there. Oh. They all want a piece of you if they think you're going to be in the league. Yeah. So how how'd you pick? Um, I actually have one of my good friends when I went to Colorado State. His name was Kevin Davis. Uh, he actually played in the league for like a year or two. But um, when he was at Colorado State, he did everything right. He was the leader on the team. He was, you know, one of the captains, always just everything right. And he picked an agent, and he wanted to talk to me, like, after he got in the league because he was a year older than me. And he had picked an agent, and he was like, he wants to talk to you. And I was like, yo, if you with him, I'm already going to go ahead and rock with him. And uh, like I said, I enjoyed our conversation, and that's how I got my agent. Was there a time when you were in – you said you played baseball – was there a time that you thought you might be doing something else before you really kind of realized how good you were at football that you thought maybe I'll maybe I'll play baseball or be an engineer or oh I actually thought I was going to be a firefighter at one point I'm not going to lie to you thought I was going to do that but uh how, yeah. how old were you then I was <laughs> I was just out of high school to be honest like and that was like I was just playing football didn't even want to go to junior college to be honest I was like, I'll just be a firefighter. I'm good. And then, uh, I, you know, tables turned. Went out there. My mama said, nah, you need to go out there and play ball. <laughs> <laughs> did, 
Was she the one that turned the table? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he let me know. Yeah. You know, Zach Martin's family, from a family of firefighters, so you got to talk to him about that. I did yeah. not know oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big, big time in the, in the Martin family. I, I love the way Michael describes his college career as just chilling. In two years, 21 touchdowns, 176 catches, over 2,600 yards, single-season record, 100 receptions. So, you know, just chilling. Chillin'. But uh, the process of now that you have the agent, now – you're going through all the draft. Did you did you ever have any idea that you were or hopes that you would land in Dallas? I had hopes for sure. Definitely had hopes. I was, you know, after being in Kansas for two years and Colorado for two years, it was cold out there. I'm from <laughs> Georgia. <laughs> I was not trying to play in no cold states anymore. Yeah, go Dolphins. Hopefully, the Dolphins or Tampa or New Orleans or anywhere in a dome. Yeah. Hey, as the sideline reporter who has to stand outside in it all the time, I, I appreciate your sentiment there, yes, somewhere yeah. playing somewhere warm. But, but, I mean, were you thinking about, I hope Dallas drafts me, and if so, why? Yeah. Uh, I definitely wouldn't think about it now. It was actually kind of crazy because my sister was up there because I had my little draft party or whatever out there in Colorado because, you know, that's where most of my friends were at the time. So, um my sister walked outside, and we were all playing. We were playing basketball. I wasn't even watching the draft. Um, we were all playing basketball, and she walked outside, and she was like, Dallas is on. And I was like, yeah, we'll see. My phone starts ringing. I was like, all right, bet. And, and, what, and what, did, what did Jerry say when, when he called, Michael, Michael? Then what did he say? Nah, Jerry actually didn't even talk to me. I was talking to the governor of Texas. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, wow. So governor Abbott, I guess. Yeah. It, it, Handed him the phone. Well, That's I, pretty cool. Why? I have no clue. I ain't well, third round pick. You know, they, they no trick clue. up the draft, right? And so, like, remember remember the awesome time where Drew Pearson announced the pick there in Philadelphia and stuff. And so, they'll have they'll do some really cool things. I, so I, I, I do remember now that they did have. I, the I I've got to look into that. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Hey, you know what? We're glad you're here. Yes, Michael Gallup's our guest tonight. On the Cowboys Hour, I know some of you here at Sidecar Social have some questions for Michael. We'll circulate amongst you with the microphone when we come back, and that'll be in just a moment.
Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons. The Cowboys Hour is also supported by Papa John's. It's big, it's good, and it's only for Cowboys fans. The Cowboys special from the Cowboys and Papa John's. A large one-topping pizza for only $9.99, so order today. Better ingredients, better pizza. Papa John's, the official pizza of the Dallas Cowboys. And we are at Sidecar Social at uh, the Star District in Frisco. It's our new home for the Cowboys Hour the rest of the year. That was the voice of Christy Scales. I'm Brad Sham. Delighted to have... Cowboys receiver Michael Gallup with us on the program tonight on Victory Monday. Victory Monday. It's too early in the year for Victory Monday to get any, like, days off or any stuff like that, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Too early. That'll be coming later? I mean, I hope so. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, we do have some questions for Michael in our audience here, so let's go to that. Good evening, Michael. How are you? I'm good. How about you? Great. Thank you. My name's Rambo. Pleasure to meet you, Rambo. Nice to meet you as well. Question, so obviously the red zone struggles have continued. How much more time has McCarthy allocated on focusing in the red zone during practice? I mean, we focus on the red zone regardless. You know, it's just, the plays just haven't worked out for us out there in the red zone. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like, we, we work on red zone more than, you know, any other team. It just hasn't been working out for us. So. A lot of reasons for that, too. Yeah. The, the, uh, there wasn't, in, in the first two games, I mean, there wasn't a lot of emphasis on, a lot of pressure, that is to say, no. on scoring in the red zone because you're way ahead. Right. Sometimes you score from further out. Yep. And I think the offensive line injuries against the Jets affected some of the plays that he called. Definitely true. So there's all kinds of reasons. Lots of reasons things happen. Hey, Michael. My name is Corey. Um, can you talk about the difference um, with – I know y'all talked about how y'all wanted to – the routes wanted to be timing with Dak's uh, three-step, five-step, seven-stop drop. Can you talk about, like, how that helped the offense as far as, like, y'all be on the same page and being able to create separation um, and just being right in the right spot when Dak gets the ball, you know, through his steps, drop steps? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say, you know, it, it helps Dak out more than it helps us out. Uh, I mean, for us, like, we just need to be in the right spot at the right time, to be honest. Like, the drop step, like, because we're not, you know, running our route thinking about, oh, he's got a three-stretch drop on this one. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, nah, that's, that's definitely just for him and the O-line knowing, like, it's coming out a little bit quicker or it's coming out a little bit longer. you got time to work your route. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really more for him. So, the, so there's not much change for you guys in the way you run your routes? Not really. I mean, the only person who can really put flavor on their routes is CD anyway. <laughs> like, we got to be, uh, you know, right on point. CD, you know, he can put a little juice on it if he wants to. Be because that's the way the system is set up or just because he's CD and he's got that ability? He's just CD. He's got that ability. Yeah. Okay. Hi, Michael. My name is Tony. Pleasure to meet you, Tony. Um, the media has made uh, a big notice of the fact that you hadn't had many touches early in the season. Uh, the Michael Irvins, the uh, Des Bryants, and T.O.s, they used to be very demonstrative when they didn't get many touches. Do you uh, plead your case in any kind of way? Do you go to the coaches or go to Dak and say, hey? No. Nah, I don't be doing that. I don't really need to. I know the ball is going to come back around eventually. It's got to because, I mean, you know, CD goes for like 150 yards. Cook goes for 100 yards. Eventually, it's going to be like they're going to get doubled. 
then I'm going to be one-on-one. So it's got to come back around regardless. So I don't need to get mad. Ball going to get around. Michael, is the Cowboys a team for the Super Bowl, or do you think mm, not? Hold, hold, hold that before, before you answer that. Do you, it, do you expect him to sit here li live and say to you, no, we're not really good enough. We're not going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> do you, is there a part of you that expects him to say anything like that? Maybe. You, <laughs> if he's honest. <laughs> Nah, we definitely got to go to the Super Bowl, man. We definitely go to the Super Bowl. Come on, now. <laughs> I appreciate you asking, though. I, I would like you, I'd like you to find me a player in the NFL who says that his team has no chance. Because that guy is not going to be in the NFL very long. That's just <laughs> part of their makeup. Joe, do we have another one? Are we good right now? Okay, so, we're fine. So why, why, do you, why, why do you feel that this could be the year? Why do I feel that? I mean, you can just tell, like, I mean, just the chemistry that we got, just the way that we, we move and practice the locker room. It's really just about the locker room, though. And a lot of folks, obviously, y'all don't really get to see that. But, like, the way we interact with each other and, like, hang out and stuff like that, like, it's, it's a whole new wave. It's a different vibe. So, definitely, like, that's why we it, all feel it. it. It was a good vibe, too, last year. It, it really was. But because there's roster turnover and because young guys, you know, step up and become leaders, how has it changed from last year to this year, if it has? Um, I wouldn't even say it has, like, too much. Like, I just think, I, I just feel like, you know, the newbies that we got, they just, they fell into, you know, what we're trying to build. And so it was easier. Like, they got acclimated a whole lot faster than, you know, some of the new guys last year. But this year, I mean, it's like, you know, there's not really a drop-off from, you know, if I go out and JT comes in, like we were talking about earlier, like, there's not really a big drop-off there. So... You know, for us, like, we're all just seeing that. Like, you just feel it. So, so you know, you know, there are other teams who've, uh, who are also good football teams who feel like they are on a mission. I mean, you're aware of that. Definitely. So how does that, how do we, I was reading some stuff in a San Francisco newspaper today. That's what I do. And, uh, and they're talking about they got a chip on their shoulder. They've been to the championship game two years in a row. They didn't get to the Super Bowl. They haven't won the Super Bowl, and they're on a mission, and it's, a, it's the same thing. And the Eagles are probably saying the same thing, right? And the Bills are probably saying the same thing. So what makes you guys different? What makes us different? I mean, to be honest, it's just it's all about, you know, when we line up out there on Sunday, like, you, you just, who coming with the most grit, to be honest? Like, who wants it really more? And that's, I mean, you can say that about any game. But at the same time, it's just like, the way we feel, like, if, if, if you have somebody that's not on board, like, then you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. We don't have anybody in our locker room right now that's not on board, and that's what I feel. That, that stuff has to come from the players, doesn't it? I mean, coaches can give whatever fancy speeches they want to give, but you guys are the ones playing. You've got, you, you're the ones who have to transmit that to each other and, and hold each other accountable, right? Definitely. Every great team, I mean, it, uh, they're all player-led. It, it ain't got nothing to do with the coaches. They hand out the game plan. That's cool. But, I mean, you, you're the one who's going out there and performing. So every team is, that's been great, been doing it, winning Super Bowls, they've been player-led. One thing that I really like about Coach McCarthy is how he uh, empowers his young coaches, whether it's general of the week, and then also the way that he encourages leadership. 
within the players, and one of the things is is uh, game captains and the like. And it's my understanding that now he's, uh, or the captains are being named earlier in the week. And so, what what is what is that like when those announcements are made, and what what does that mean to guys when when it's their particular week? Uh, I mean. It really just means, I mean, if you got the call-up of the week, like, you know, we're down in the locker room right before the game. If you got the call-up, like, I mean, you've been thinking about it all week, what to say, how to prepare yourself, what the team thrives off of, what we need to hear right before that game. Um, so, I mean, it's a, it's a big statement, though. Uh, if Coach calls you out to be a captain that week, that means you've been doing something right. So everybody wants to be on that board. So when will you know? You, tomorrow's a day off, right? Yep. And you, everybody was in today. Maybe this, uh, maybe this happened today. At what point in the week and what will tell you that everybody is locked in in a different way than for to line up with what you were saying earlier is what you all need to do? When will you know that? I'll definitely say, you know, after Thursday practice. Uh, you know, Wednesday, you know, you're in the shells and everything. So it's like, you know, get your body back right. Thursday is a hard day. And once you get through with that hard day, like, you know, like, we put everything in because, obviously, Friday is just a walkthrough. So, Thursday, we, we done put everything in. Like, it's time to go now. Like, you're locked in. Well, it should be fun. It should be fun. Definitely. You looking forward to the week of practice? I'm always looking forward to it. All right. Well, we appreciate you being here. Yes, More than I can tell you. Thank you. Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup. So great to see him healthy and uh, enjoying playing the game that he plays so well. And we'll be back here next week at uh, Sidecar Social in the Star District in Frisco with another Cowboys Hour for Michael Gallup and Christy Scales. I'm Brad Sham. Be careful out there. Hey, Cowboys fans. When you this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!